At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I just wanted to come on before the next episode of the podcast and just say how sorry I am about this most recent merch drop. I recognize how frustrating it was to order something on Black Friday in hopes of being able to give a hoodie or tea as a Christmas gift and not having those delivered on time. Excuses don't matter, so there's no need to go into the details. But right now, I'm working with my current merch company, Future Shirts, to get the production issues resolved, and then get everything delivered as soon as possible. Again, I know this is incredibly frustrating and it makes me look like a jackass. So I just wanted to come on and say how sorry I am and how grateful I am that you'd be willing to contribute money and attention and bandwidth towards listening to my content, following me, and purchasing my merch. Uh, I'm very grateful, and again, I'm very sorry for the frustrations that came from the merch, and I'm committing to improving my process, taking more of the production and fulfillment process in-house so I have more control over it. So moving forward, this will improve. Thank you for supporting my account, and I hope you'll stick with me because I promise things will continue to improve. So thanks again. And thanks for tuning in to the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. What it do, baby? It's the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. The podcast that no one has ever asked for and continues to not ask for. On the podcast today, I was able to talk with one of the hottest names in gospel music. He's been nominated for a Grammy. He's won Billboard Music Awards. He's won Stellar Music Awards. Kirk Franklin called him the future of gospel music. Heck, this dude is the present of gospel music. He is crushing it all over the world. And not only that, he's the senior pastor at a church in Columbia, South Carolina that he started. The dude's got the same amount of hours in a day, and he's crushing it 10 times what you're probably doing. Travis Green is on the podcast today, and he gave an awesome insight into the Christian music industry. He has an amazing story. He's been literally resuscitated from death twice in the early years of his life. It's an incredible story. I hope you get a lot out of it. I know that I did. 
And as always, I'm so grateful that you're listening. Thank you for everyone that's been subscribing. Thank you for everyone that's been leaving five-star reviews. Uh, I hope you have an amazing Christmas season and enjoy my conversation with Travis Green. Today's episode of the Preachers and Seekers podcast is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. The Christian Standard Bible is a Bible translation created to be super easy to read without compromising the beauty of the text or the original meaning. Listen to this. Here's what Psalm 23 sounds like in the CSB. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Isn't that awesome? I really like to flow the Christian Standard Bible, and I think you will too. They have tons of beautiful Bibles and great study editions like the She Reads Truth Bible, which my wife absolutely loves. You can check out the Christian Standard Bible at csbible.com. That's csbible.com. I am blown away about the type of people that I can get on this podcast because the guy I'm talking to today is a Grammy-nominated artist. He's won Billboard Music Awards. He's won uh, a bazillion stellar awards for gospel. Uh, Jet Magazine called him the future of gospel. This dude has worked with every heavy hitter uh, in the gospel music scene. And uh, I'm super pumped to talk to him. He's got a church in South Carolina, and he continues to produce amazing music. Travis Green is on the podcast today. Thanks for uh, meeting with me, Travis. It's a it's an honor to talk to you. Was popping, Tyler. Thanks for your time, <laughs> man. Absolutely, bro. Well, uh, it's I I have been kind of doing a deep dive on some of your content over the past day, few days, and I'm continuously impressed i mean the the purpose of this podcast is not to fluff you up but uh you've done several huge things and continue to uh crush it in the gospel music game i mean in the music game itself like we don't even have to call it gospel music but um for people that don't know you um which are maybe only a couple could you briefly talk about um your music career and then we can get into kind of what you're doing now uh and how you ended up getting into music and how you ended up in South Carolina, and all these heavy hitters that you work with on a daily basis. Um, so music for me was just kind of uh, it was it was one of those things that was just always around. My mother was um, was into music, like she was a choir director and all of that stuff. And so um, it was just I often say like I didn't really choose music; it felt like music chose me. Um, because it was just kind of all always around and I had this big passion for it. Um, there was no plan B for me. Um, uh, music was really all I ever wanted to do. And so, um, I just enjoy the opportunity to inspire people and encourage others and to, uh, you know, I, I, I like having a good time. So I'm just a very kind of free, open um loud spontaneous person and so really everything um of who I am kind of came together and culminated with um the opportunity I think I think when preparation meets opportunity that's when cool things happen and for me it's been a life of yes. preparation and so whenever opportunities just arrive I was, I was ready for them and so that's how I ended up in South Carolina really God blindsided me with this call to start a church never thought I would do that in my life never really had an interest in doing it um, but here we are and we enjoy it and we're seeing like literally thousands of people um, come to know Jesus and, and just inspiring people is what I do. That's so dope. And it's, it's, uh, if you actually like recklessly follow Jesus and are 
open to the things that he inspires you to do and commands you to do, it can lead you to places that uh, you most likely were never planning on going to or doing. Mm-hmm. It's almost sure. like a scary type deal. Like if you <laughs> actually bought into the thing that you believe in, it can actually uh, change your life for better for or sure. for the short term, things more like more uncomfortable things like starting a church. I imagine there are uh, some uncomfortable aspects to that that you oh, would have man. preferred to avoid. Oh, um, man. Tell me about the kind of development, going back to your kind of love for music. Tell me about, because I, I grew up playing drums, love music mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I have a huge respect for gospel drummers specifically, because in order to have chops within gospel music, you have, I mean, you have to be so developed and have such a sense of uh, rhythm and be able to like improvise within the pocket, but also mm-hmm. uh, go off. And, but be controlled. Can you tell me about yeah. kind of what the development of your music talents uh, looked like? Uh, I'm sure you have some natural talent, but what did, what did developing your skills look like? Just for uh, my own curiosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I would say just natural, man. I was around it. I had an interest for it. And um, God just kind of put it super on my natural. I mean, I, I never, you know, I, I just loved it. I don't know what it was. I had this draw to music and so... It started with keyboard for me. I mean, of course, drums for everybody, but um, the instrument that I really got serious about was keyboard. I just, there was this guy who was like a teenager who played in the city I grew up in, and he just looked super cool. And I knew all the girls had crushes on him. So I was like, <laughs> that looks fun. Like, why not? Like, he used to squint his eyes and make these cool faces. So I was like, I could do that. And um, so I think I had the passion before I actually had the gift. And uh, but just being around it and, and working hard at it, it, it just kind of came naturally, which helped me in the future. So now I can produce and do different things like that because I just have a concept of music all around. That's awesome. Do you have a, a label currently that you produce others? Well, I'm, I'm on RCA uh, right now. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So between them and then, you know, I just I've had a, a cool opportunity to work with just a lot of different artists, whether CCM or um, gospel or, you know, just, I've just kind of been around the block the past yeah. several years. So I, uh, I saw some videos of you. I mean, you've worked with Stephanie Gretzinger. You had Kel Mitchell yeah. in one of your videos, Kirk Franklin, yeah. Tasha Cobbs, Leonard. What's it like working yeah. with all these uh, amazing talents in their own right? Like Stephanie is in a completely different realm, I would say, than For Kirk. Sure. Uh, what's it like sure. working with such a diverse group of um, artists? Well, I think what makes it fun for me is I kind of, I, li- I like to say I grew up on both sides of the track. So um, I grew up in a in a city, you know, early childhood, which was predominantly, uh, I guess you'd call it an urban city, which is just a cool way of saying it was a lot of black folks. <laughs> and I moved from, uh, <laughs> I moved from there to a city. Uh, from Columbus, Georgia, to a city called Warner Robins, Georgia, which uh, was the t- polar opposite. And so, um, and with that as my background, you know, I've had an opportunity to, you know, when in Rome, you you do like them. So I grew up uh, early childhood with a lot of like, you know, uh, street basketball and and um, mm-hmm. you know, football in the yard and that kind of stuff. And then we progressed from there to street hockey and that kind of thing so i literally just learned from 
um, growing up around whites, blacks, Hispanics, um, how to be adaptable is kind of the way I like to say it. Yeah. And so uh, it's really no different for me working with a Stephanie or working with a Tasha uh, because I grew up with both style people. I think all everybody's different, um, but I just have a cool way of kind of understanding multiple cultures and having an appreciation for them. Yeah, that's that's so huge. Imagine like to help make your art relatable to a ton of different types of people. I think yeah. that that must be a portion of why people respond so well to your music is that you can mesh the two. Like you can go in just from the things that I've seen and listened to, like you can go in on the hardcore gospel side and then you can also like lead more kind of traditional style worship, mm-hmm. like at Liberty university. And I think yeah. everyone can re- find something there to respond and to interact with, which I think is uh, pretty unique. I mean, cause a, a lot of artists from my perspective kind of really stick to one genre, but somehow you've been able to sure. cross multiple of those, which is, is really impressive. Um, the, so throughout your life, you've talked about this a lot and just briefly, uh, could you tell, so I, I imagine a lot of people listening to my podcast, maybe don't know these stories, but the kind of the, the two miracles in your life that, uh, have kind of changed your life forever. Do you mind kind of telling those two stories around kind of the yeah, things no that problem. happened in your young, younger years? <clears throat> For sure. I mean, well, one, I, I mean, there's been a, a, a ton of significant, um, I guess you could call them miracles that's happened in my life. Um, one was when I was, uh, when I was four, I fell four floors out of a window and was pronounced dead by doctors um, when we were living in Germany. Um, and then literally my mother just prayed uh, for God to, to give me back my life. And so um, my life kind of began, I guess you can you could say, with, with miracles um, and really needing God to, to show up. Um, in addition to that, I was, apparently I was born uh, not breathing, so I was still born um, at birth. And so um, we needed a miracle there, and my, my family just really prayed uh, for God to do something then. And then uh, when, when we were pregnant with our first son, my wife's water broke halfway through her pregnancy. And um, we needed God to perform a miracle there after the doctors literally told us that it was impossible our son would live. Mm. Um, but but uh, we prayed, and God was faithful. And now that, that particular son is five years old. We also have a three-year-old and a seven-month-old, all boys. And wow. God, he's just, I, I, man, I'm telling you, I could go on and on and on about just God's goodness and the stories and the just remarkable things that he's done in, in my life. That's, that is, uh, that's wild. I mean, people <laughs> that, that will test uh, anyone's faith to consider stories like that, because a lot of us say that we believe in the creator of the entire universe. But a lot of times I think we discount what that actually means. And you sure. experienced that several times. And I think that's brought, I mean, your stories are incredibly relevant right now. I don't know if you've seen any of those stories about the little girl, daughter of the Bethel worship um, yeah. leader. Yeah. They're going through that right now yeah. where they're literally like, look, our, our child has, for all intents and purposes, passed away, but we are not giving up. I mean, that, that takes mega yeah. faith. And I don't even know. For sure. I struggle with having that kind of faith where I'm like, dude, this, yeah. this doesn't make sense, nor are the odds in our favor. So 
I, I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. I mean, that's super encouraging to me to, to hear from someone that's like, look, I literally am alive because of a miracle multiple times yeah. and yeah. have children now that exist because of a miracle. That's amazing. Um, yeah. and so now you, a uh, couple of things, you've now started forward city church and yeah. you're kind of touring the world also like specifically in Africa doing ministry. What does that look like right now? Um, oh man, it's crazy. Cause you were it's just crazy. in I mean, what Nigeria a couple weeks ago. I'm just in Nigeria. Yeah. Um, Africa is in a league of its own as it pertains to worship. Um, we do this event annually. It's called The Experience. It's the biggest gospel concert on the planet, around 800,000 in attendance. What? Another, yeah, and then another few million online. And so it's pretty significant. Um, <laughs> That's bananas. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot of people. So I just finished our fourth year of doing it. Um, and um, it's, it's an event that I look forward to every year. And it's funny, they asked me this past year, they asked me to give some remarks at this little banquet that we had, um, reception, rather. And um, I was telling them, you know, the people who put on the event and all the people who were there, um, you would think that a stage that big would make you feel big, you know, make you feel larger than life. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it does the opposite. It makes me feel extremely small, like, and, um, you know, grateful, but uh, just with an understanding of how, big this world is man i mean it's yeah man it's a you know and it's so easy to get stuck um in your own little corner in your own little uh existence that you forget how big the world is number one um which in turn makes you forget how big god is and um for me every year is a general reminder of man i'll be complaining that i don't have lemonade in my refrigerator like <laughs> bro shut up <laughs> Are you serious right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's people <laughs> who can use a lot more than lemonade. Um, and um, every time I go over to Africa in particular, I'm reminded of just, man, the faithfulness of God. Yeah, that is that is a perspective shifter. I've never been to Africa, but I've, I've, I was in the Marines for a long time. And so I've, I've seen a, a, a big portion of the world. And just to, to sit there and consider all of these people have just the same amount of problems and victories and uh, stresses just in their own context is hard to fathom. And I imagine when you're, when you're doing a, a, a concert for those hundreds of thousands of people, just like looking at the crowd and considering all these people are just as human as I am. And uh, who am I? They matter to God just as much as I do. That's the crazy part. Say that again. I said, they, they matter to God just as much as I do. Like that, that to me is crazy. Like, man, as concerned as he is about my little life, he is about someone on the other side of the world who, you know, don't have much, but they have extreme value to God. Yeah. You know. And, and the fact that he knows just as, as much about every single one of them as he does about me. Like, it's so easy to think that yeah. we're the center of, uh, the universe, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just vibing. I like, I affirm that like, that would probably make me feel yeah. super small too, playing in, in front of such a yeah. huge crowd like that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And what kind of, what kind of, uh, like, what's the, maybe this is an obvious question, but like, what's the end state for those concerts, uh, internationally? Like are, is it 
just to fire people up for worship or is it to try to get people to <coughs> come to know Jesus? What's, what's your intent uh, for that concert? Uh, I mean, those type of settings, you know, 99% of the people, I mean, that might be a, a stretch, but a good bit of the people know God, you know, they're there. It's more of a family reunion. It feels more like heaven <clears throat> than necessarily like a, a mission field, if you will. I got you. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're there as a big family to worship God. And of course, you have some spectators and I, I, they give opportunities for people to say, but it's not a... Um, it's not a crusade. I mean, we ain't right. Billy Graham or nothing. It's, it's a it's a worship gathering. I got you. More of the proper term for it. Sweet. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, so we talked about it briefly earlier. Forward City Church. You didn't want to start a church, nor did you have a connection to Columbia, South Carolina. Can you talk briefly about the transition from doing full time music to doing both full time music and being a pastor mm-hmm. along with your wife at uh, a church in Columbia? Yeah, I mean, it was literally, I was in Atlanta airport and literally just felt a call from God to do that. And I was really taken aback by it and was like, whoa, no, like, hmm. why, why would, why would I do that? That was just kind of mess things up. Yeah. You know, life is good right now. And, um, <laughs> and I just being honest, I, it, it was of no, uh, nothing about it was attractive to me. Yeah. Um. However, you know, it was God's plan and I yielded to it um, and he breathed on it. And um, I can't imagine, you know, at this stage of my life, not having um, the local church and being so involved in it. And I really believe um, you talked about, you know, the accolades and the awards and stuff. I really believe for me, um, uh, my interpretation kind of what I'm able to do um, locally is that it is it. You know, it was always God's intention, and it, it's His way of keeping, I believe, me um, not just humble, but like just settled. You know, um, I think without a uh, a local attachment um, to the city, you know, one, i.e., being family, uh, and two, being a local church, you know, I think it would have been very easy for me to get caught in the hype of uh, you know this career yeah. and just kind of be on the road all the time and. But I have something, you know, in addition to family. I mean, family's enough. But in addition to that, I have something to kind of draw me and compel me to get back, um, get back home. And so it's been great, man. It's been it's been really a blessing for for my family and I. Imagine it's it's quite the contrast between like touring around and being celebrated, and you know, having your <laughs> talents affirmed to going like being actually leading a church, like. <laughs> no shit going to the hospital, like hearing from people that are struggling all the time and having people yeah. like criticize maybe your preaching uh or what you wear while you're preaching. Uh I imagine that's quite the contrast for you. What what uh yeah. what are some of the challenges that have come up with kind of being a performing artist or a recording artist, however you classify yourself, and also being like the guy and girl leading a church woman leading a church. Yeah, this is a great, great question. It's funny that I mean, I never even thought about the dichotomy until um, it was uh, uh, Louis Giglio. We we're out on tour with Passion, and he was like, "Dude, like, man, how do you do this?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And it was really taken aback by like, you know, not only is it a church, but you know, we started from scratch, so. 
it's a smaller church. You know, I mean, it's a lot of people, but our building is, is smaller. And um, so I'm going from, in some cases, arenas to like a, a smaller venue, um, you know, for Sundays. And so I think that's really the bigger contrast than it is um, anything else. I mean, I never really see myself as a superstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really see myself as just the homie from around the way. I, I've lived life longer as that than as somebody who anybody knew. So that's who I relate to and that's who I am. Um, and those around me, you know, treat me like that. I'm just a homie, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the pastor, I'm just a homie. So <laughs> I don't get caught in the hype of trying to be it's exhausting i tried early on it's exhausting to try to be somebody all the time um so i think the bigger thing is like going from you know like things being easy um quote unquote with at my shows in different places to like we're kind of more in grind in grind mode here locally um you know kind of like and so it's more of that like going from green rooms and rider contracts with lukewarm red bulls to going to your home <laughs> church and having to mop the floors or having to find somebody to be a greeter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. That- exactly. Like yesterday we did a, um, we did a volunteer appreciation. Um, and, you know, we had food and stuff for them and it was cool. And it is, you know, it's certain things. I don't know. I guess just being a visionary, I see that no one else really even sees, you know, it's just inconveniences. Like there was, it was trash cans in the lobby, but none in the, you know, the, the auditorium yep. room where the food was being served. I'm like, that's it, man. <laughs> so I went and picked up this big trash can from the lobby and put it into, you know, the it's just that type of stuff. Man. You're not above anything, you know, when it comes to serving people. And, but like I said earlier, I really believe it keeps me grounded and it's a great. Yeah, moment. that's awesome. And I, yeah, I appreciate that perspective where you're willing to kind of roll up your sleeves with everybody. And I mean, you're essentially in some form, an entrepreneur starting something from the ground up and having to ensure its success, or at least trust God for its success, but also be willing to for sure. serve in the operations of it. Um, have you had to, have you had to address sure. though, like people coming to your church to see you or to, or trying to like get time or FaceTime um, with you because you're the artist and not because you're a pastor? A little bit early on, but not as much. I mean, we, we worked really hard. I, I did. I, I was. I made a lot of mistakes and I did a lot of dumb stuff. But the smartest thing I did was was working hard to create and maintain culture early on. So, and I would just say different statements um, like, you know, this church is presence driven, not personality driven. I would put things like that in their ear just because I didn't want the weight of having to. Um, like I think a lot of pastors enjoy, and I, no, no, no shade, um, but I think a lot of pastors enjoy being the man, um, you know, at the church. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to size myself up or, or you know, make myself look look more holy than yeah. anybody else. I think for me, and I, I have to say this, like I just, I don't, like I have, I have a stage, so I don't need. You know, and I don't know. I don't know if I would be like one of those pastors if I didn't have it. <laughs> right, right, right. Going on. I don't know, so I don't want to judge anybody. But I don't have like I have that. Like a lot of things that people are, you know, working to obtain. They want followers on social mm-hmm. media. They want to look cool. They want to be at the conferences, our big stage. Like 
I'm on the biggest stages in the world. So, and so for me, I don't like, that's not, I don't have that, you know, as like a, as, as fuel for me. And I still have to fight, you know, I mean, even in that I'm not above comparing. So I still get, you know, I have to really be careful with social media because everybody's life look better than yours on social media. Because you're looking at someone's highlight reel, not right. the reality. Yeah. What's going on. So I still have that a little bit, but as far as pertaining to the church, now we don't, we don't, people don't trip over who I am. I, they call me PT. They don't even call me, you know, by my stage name. Trevor that's awesome. Trip, so I'm kind of a different And that's a unique there. position cool. to be in where you can kind of scratch the performance itch elsewhere when maybe some yeah. other pastors want to be creative and perform quote unquote in some way feel like they have something to say but the only platform they may have is the pulpit and their social media so that maybe that's more of a challenge or a a temptation for them versus you where it's like maybe a little more easy to compartmentalize it when you're like look i know i'm about to go on tour for a bazillion people um kind of in in the (laughs) same vein um i've talked with a couple other pastors that have have mentioned this and part of the the thing that kind of spurred my account uh, starting is kind of this whole idea of, from the pastor's perspective, kind of unreasonable expectations about your lifestyle. So like, if you could, mm-hmm. what are some of the pressures you felt about your salary, spending money, fashion? Like, have you ever had people kind of come up to you or email you and say nah. like, hey, bro? No, 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 no. I don't, I, that's another thing. Like, I, I'm kind of, I, I'm eliminated kind of from that because there's a, like I, you know, I, I don't think it's any surprise that right. I have money, right? So I don't have to be modest about that. Like I, I mean, I, I've sold, you know, sold, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yeah. thousands of records, you know, and I've toured, you know, uh, I mean, you you don't do. You don't sing in front of eight hundred thousand people. And watch it. <laughs> so, I, I that might be the most baller quote I've heard <laughs> I mean, in a long time. <laughs> so I mean, I did ninety shows last year. I have a lot of money. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah, I mean, I drive a really nice car. I live in a really big house, so I don't have to pretend. And I think what gives me a, I think what gives an edge is people know like. Bro, I ain't making like the church can't right. afford me. My like my my local church literally couldn't afford me. Like when I get paid to go do anything, like to you know they couldn't afford right. me on a weekly basis, and I think they know that. And in my first year there, I mean, I I, I you know God told me to quit saying that I'm out because I, I think I was kind of you know I was being I was feeling myself mm. a little bit by saying it, but I gave a ton of money in my first year there. Yeah. I can't say I'm out anymore. But it's mind blowing the amount of money that I gave to the church just in my first year mm. of pastoring. Because you so, were bought in. Um, my wife and I, yeah, I mean, my wife and I funded the whole thing. You know, we bought everything up front. There was no, you know, we were the. I mean, I don't, I don't check the numbers anymore. But for the first, you know, two years easily, we were the, the wow. highest givers by far. No one was even close. So with that being said, I, I mean, my church is just different in that, like people know that I have money. So it's not a surprise when I have, you know, expensive <laughs> shoes on my feet or whatever I want to buy. You know, I mean, that is my one vice. So I, I mean, I like clothes. I have a, I basically have a store. I, I have my inner basement. It's like a closet. It's like urban outfit. I love hey, let me, clothes, let me come through sometime <laughs> and, and pick a few pieces. 
<laughs> so, and then the other part of it is, you know, I have all of these, you know, when I first got signed by RCA, you know, we're doing a ton of, I mean, I didn't know anything about this world. I didn't know what it was to be, you know, artists, but we're doing these video shoots and photo shoots and they'll pull up in an RV with like, you know, they set like this script is like, what's your sizes? You know, I told them my sizes, then I get there to this RV and it's full of. Shut up. No, not for real. Are you for real? Oh, we lost him. Let's see if we can get Travis back in here. Hey, yo, what up? This episode of the Preachers and Seekers podcast is brought to you by PosterBurner.com. You know all those photos on your iPhone and your computer that you took once and never looked at again? Why not take some of the best ones and turn those into beautiful canvases for your home or office? PosterBurner.com uses advanced printing science that I don't understand, like image super resolution to prepare your image for printing. And that makes a huge difference in the final print quality. It won't look amateur and it won't look blurry like if you printed it at your house. They have old-fashioned conversational customer service. Talking to a real person, imagine that. That will help you along or answer any of your questions. Your image will never print better than it will at posterburner.com, and I can guarantee it. They sent me a poster of some of the graphics I use on Instagram, and it looks amazing. Go to posterburner.com slash preachers today, and you'll get an additional 10% off your order. That discount applies to every type of print they offer. Again, that's posterburner.com slash preachers. You were talking about the RV on the video shoot where they filled it up with a bunch of clothes or something. Could you go through that story again? And we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I get signed to this label and I'm doing a video shoot or in photo shoots. And they literally, you know, I pull up and I have an RV full of clothes and hats and shoes and boots and everything. Just like, you know, it's yours. You know, whatever you don't want, we'll just send back. And so a lot of my stuff come from that, honestly, just come from um, doing video shoots and photo shoots and tours. You know, we do a whole wardrobe for tours um, and and that type of thing. So I I really kind of got blessed because my career um, really assists my um, my vice. It's been (laughs) great for me. (laughs) Shoe vice. Yeah. So how does that how does that work like? like outfits for tours like is that something that blair's on like she's styling you for that yeah. for like a whole tour no 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 we're now nah, we our creative director for tour typically comes up with a thing that he wants the whole thing to look like and then we just get a, a bunch of you know clothes or shoes or whatever to support that thing so interesting this like the past spring tour i did was we, he wanted to do like throwback jerseys and like um stuff like that, which is cool. So I was able to get a bunch of, you know, and then there's a tour budget, you know, so everything's budgeted on tour, transportation, lodging, food, um, you know, every little thing is like, is a line item. So wardrobe is a line item, which is great for me. Yeah. And the, and the, the label takes care of those type of things. Like generally that comes out of their budget Uh, or are you paying for that? I mean, I mean, we, we'll do it. Out, we typically do it out of like our sales budget. I see. Okay. So like out, out of our ticket sales budget. Right, right. Okay, cool. Um, so on that kind of note, so the there's been a question that's come up about this whole idea of like balancing making money in Christian type work. And I wanted to get your, like the biggest reason I wanted to talk to you is get your perspective on that. It's like, 
clearly there's a ton of commas associated with even worship music, gospel music, all that. Has anyone ever asked you about that? Or have you ever thought about like, hey, what does God think about like making money off of uh, singing songs to him or preaching about him? Because um, that's something that I've like had to think through and uh, process because I just like I don't really know how I feel about it and would like to get I mean, you're you're living it and I don't necessarily think it's wrong. I would just like to kind of understand if you've thought about that or or what your thoughts on that are. So, um, I'm sorry, the, qu- the specific question I, I was uh, trying to keep up. Oh, sure, sure. The question is, is how do you, have you ever thought about the prospect of making money off of Christian work, whether it be writing books, selling songs, preaching, doing a speaking tour somewhere? Uh, have you ever thought about sure. any of the concerns around that or any issues um, about that? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, early on, I did, right? I was, I remember being a youth pastor and wanting an artist to come and um, and sing. And so they told us, you know, we had to go through their booking form. I mean, this is eons ago. So they told us we had to go through their booking form. And so I, I went through, like, their booking form. And then I just saw, like, how much it would cost to, you know, they had different options for what it would cost to come and do, you know, the work. And I was like, man. Mm-hmm. They tripping. Oh, my God. They got this writer and all this stuff. Like, these people are crazy. You know, this is kingdom, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And uh, and then, you know, the more I got involved um, just with my own career and things start taking off, it's funny just how revelatory experiences. For me, it was like, oh, wow, like, this is actually a ton of work. And here's the thing. The people who are making money doing this, um, myself included, mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we, it, it, the the thing is like the thing that don't make me feel bad for charging to do anything is because first of all, these people are so talented. You know, you talk about your Tasha Cobb and your Stephanie Gretzky. Yeah, they could do this for any genre. You know, some of these people, not everybody, right, right, but some of these people are so gifted, they could do this anywhere and make way more money like what we even make in a christian space is change compared to what they make for less talent a lot of people um in 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 the you know in the um mainstream space yeah so that's that's one that's one thing um the second thing is just the the amount of work you know that goes into it and so for me if you know, someone's purchasing an album or purchasing a ticket. You're the other thing is like you're not buying, you're not paying for thirty minutes. You're paying for thirty five years. Right. Right. So you're paying for you're you're helping to pay for all of the you know tuition that I paid in theology school to be able to know what I'm talking about uh-huh. when I'm writing these songs. Yeah. You're paying for the. <laughs> the the four months that I spent in the hospital fighting for my son's life, where I wrote some of these songs. Mm-hmm. You're pay- so like the the experience that it takes to produce um, life changing content, in my opinion, is priceless. And so mm. um, that that helps me. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, absolutely, it helps me when it comes to like money being attached to this. You know, yeah, it, that helps my perspective too, because it is kind of like youth pastor Travis, like on the surface it's like man what the frick like this dude is 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 <laughs> singing and preaching and this dude wants 10k to come speak to 
my church or like, oh, he wants yeah. a he wants a cheese board for his rider. Like, dude, he needs to get over himself. But like, it's helpful yeah. to have a little context and to have a little real life. Because uh, you're right. Like, regardless of the subject matter, there are extremely talented people spending real man hour, man and woman hours producing this stuff. And, uh, and resources. And resources, yeah. And like, time means something uh, to grown people. Like, just just yeah. giving up time uh, is incredibly expensive. So it, it makes sense that you should be compensated. Um, why do you think... Why do you think people get so mad, though, when they see somebody like maybe specifically a straight up pastor rolling in a Range Rover and having a two million dollar house? Like, what do you think that is? And do you think that's valid for people to be like, I don't know, that seems icky? Uh, Yeah, I, I think it depends. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think it's fair for me to give an opinion because I have the ability to make money doing other things. Yeah. Um, but I know, you know, and, and it's cultural too, right? So for, for example, in Africa, you know, there's a pastor I know in Africa that's a multi-billionaire. That's what a B. Um, and yeah, so, (laughs) you know, when you, when you start looking at things like that, you know, it's hard to stand back and be like, what he should and should not purchase. Um, and I do know a ton of pastors, um, even a lot of them that's been featured on preachers and sneakers, they have other, they have other interests of how they make money. That it's just not publicized. Yeah. So majority of the cool guys, I mean, you know who the cool guys are yep. on social media. Those guys are big, you know, pastors. Those guys are big time in the real estate. They just don't advertise. It. Right. I mean, there's a whole, and I just know this from having a lot of friends, you know, around. I mean, there's a whole network of pastors who do real estate together, mm. and make investments and flip properties that has this has nothing literally nothing to do with their church yeah like they use their salaries um you know some of them have 20 30 40 thousand people attending their churches and they have uh a a board you know that puts together their salary Mm. but even if they're making modestly a hundred thousand dollars which a lot of them are making a lot more than that and they should be for them about their doing, but just say their church is paying them a hundred thousand dollars because of the because I have a millionaire in my church that knows how to handle money. He could take that one hundred thousand and in five years grow that thing, and I got real, real, real money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what a lot of these guys do. You know, I've been invited to be a part of some of these, um, you know, some of these opportunities. To really, you know, you give $20,000 and that mug can flip and you have a residual, like a legit residual on, you know, I mean. That's nice. That thing being flipped by five times, you have that residual coming in a year. Yeah. Do you think. That has nothing to do with church, has nothing to do with books, has nothing to do with anything. It's just, man, I play my money right because I'm in the right crew. Right. Do you think. That's an issue, though, if they've used their platform to to source deals or to, like, use their congregation to invest money. Like, because isn't there some case uh, to be said, like, the yeah. people are hooking them up because they're pastors of their church? Uh, I mean, not for, I, I mean, I would be hypocritical if I said that I think that's a problem. Okay. I mean, I've gotten tremendous hookups. Yeah, you know, for sure. That I'm grateful for. I mean, one... I, my doctor don't charge me anything. 
That's you know? dope. <laughs> and never has, just because they love my wife and I. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a couple yeah. that has an amazing, you know, thing that they do in Charlotte. And they take really good care of us. Um, and just because I was a youth pastor at the church that they go to, you know, they love me and support me and refuse to charge me anything. I mean, the list goes on and on. Well, I mean, I have... Um, I've had a trainer that refused to charge me. Wow. We have someone who does our facials and stuff and refused to charge us. And just like, no, you guys have been, man, the people who detail our cars refuse to charge us. Like, you've been a tremendous blessing. At least we can do. Like, we want to do this. Yeah. And don't rob me of my, don't rob me of my seed by, you know, trying to pay me to do this. Yeah. So I think in a broader scope of it, you know, Man, I, man, I honestly, bro, I'm just going to be real. I look for the blessings of God because I'm such a giver. Hmm. So when that stuff happens, I'm not shocked by it. I'm appreciative for it. Yeah. And I don't go out soliciting. Like, I never say from stage, hey, if you can hook me up with something, please do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm never, I would That'd never be a little tacky, that. bro. But yeah, that'll be a little, that'll be a little off. But if someone, you know, literally just, feels the need to be a blessing in my life or to open up a door or to give me an opportunity or invite me to a ball game mm-hmm. to sit in the skybox with them or whatever. Like, cool, I'll roll. Why not? Yeah. You know? And also, like, if we're being real, no one in their right mind is going to turn down that stuff in order to to say that they... Like, I just can't see a rational person saying, you know what? I'd, I'd prefer to pay for my medical bills, even though you're insisting that you're comping this for me. Like, but this is helpful for me. Like, I'm not trying to lead you on, like lead yeah. your, lead, it's not, sure, it's not sure. a leading question. Cause I, I, I go back and forth on this. Cause like in some aspects, I'm like, dang, yeah. like these dudes are growing huge platforms and then they're writing books on church time. And then they're selling them to these huge platforms and selling them to their buddies' churches that for some reason that irritates me. But then on the same end, like yeah. I'm hearing from you, like, Hey dude, like, we're doing a ton for the community. We literally funded this church out of our pockets from the get go. And we're trying to be faithful. We're trying to be like, hold everything with a very open hand. And these people in like genuine appreciation are like, look, I have, I can't give you money or something, but I can give you this card detailing for free. And I don't want you to pay for it. Like that seems fair. And it seems like, um, I, I would appreciate that too in, in real life. Um, it, it just comes up like... Yeah, and as it pertains... Go ahead. Yeah. I would just say, you know, as it pertains... Uh, there's two things I like to throw out just for your for your consideration. One, as it pertains to some of these pastors, you know, when we talk about T.D. Jakes, we talk about Joe Osteen, mm-hmm. we talk about Stephen Furtick, um, you know, just to name a few. Yeah. These guys don't have to be pastors, man. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know this just because of my church... We lose money by serving our church. Hmm. I don't know if people can even wrap their minds around that. Like, it's literally, they literally lose money by showing up to their church on Sunday. Hmm. Because they're such great communicators. They're such great leaders. They're such great communicators. Man, people will pay, man, people pay TDJH tens of thousands of dollars. And I'm not talking about churches. I'm talking about businesses. Like literally, the, he said the only time he, st- the first time he walked on a college campus was not to learn, but to teach. They brought him into an Ivy League school in America to teach. Yeah. He's one of the best. And paid him, you know what I'm saying? And so him making whatever his church pay him, mm-hmm. even if they pay him a million dollars a year, that's way less than this man could make. 
if he just if I'm just gonna be like John Maxwell and go do leadership trainings mm-hmm. without an attachment to a church, man, he would make our minds cannot even wrap around what he would make from doing that. And just from producing movies yeah. and from like so for some of these guys, not all of them, but for some of these guys, when you think about a David Crank or a Joe Osteen, mm-hmm. like it's a sacrifice for them to fly in and do Sunday morning. Yeah. It, it, it ain't like a perk. Right. They they literally <laughs> like I feel called to this and I'm gonna do it, but I couldn't make a lot more had I put my time if I choose to put my time and energy to something else. That's one thing I love for people to consider. Yeah. The other thing is So the opportunity cost this, that you're giving up. Or like there's a huge opportunity cost that the you're opportunity giving up. Opportunity cost, yeah. man. Tracking. No one could literally calculate it. And if they tried, it would blow your mind yeah. the amount of money, man. Like it would literally make people gasp for air if they knew the amount of money <laughs> these guys were capable of making. Yeah. Just because of how brilliant they are. And you, I mean, that's the first thing. The yeah, other thing, ahead. well, I would just say this is part of what, what you were asking earlier about, you know, um, how, how do you feel about making money when you go places or different things like that? I, um, so another thing I had a problem with as a youth pastor was, was these whole writers, right? Mm-hmm. Tech writers and, and hospitality writers. I'm just like, bro, relax, chill. <laughs> like, doesn't matter what you drink. Doesn't matter what snacks are in there. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. A peanut is a peanut. Like, a chip <laughs> is a chip. Like, chill, right? Until you're doing 90 shows a year. You're in, I think last year we probably did, I don't know, modestly 10 countries. You're, you're you know, you're uh, living on the road. 90 shows mean you because you need a day of travel. So just on the light side means 200 days out yeah. of your house. Sheesh. That's on the light side. It's probably closer to 250, right? Out of, out of your house. So when it comes to that pace, which a lot of these guys live at, you know, you're trying to be a blessing and doing all this different stuff and touch all these different people. Mm. When it comes to that pace, really for me, I'm going to tell you the, the, the toughest thing in my life is not finances, it's inconveniences. Mm. <laughs> so when because at that pace and not trying to sound like a diva, but honestly, when you're moving at that speed, man, yeah. not having like there's certain things that you just shouldn't that you can't afford. Like your mind literally can't afford to think about. Right. So because that adds you know what I'm up. Yeah. So if I get somewhere, it adds up, man. And you're going, I'm going crazy because I'm like, bro, we've been at this airport for. An hour, which seems like not a lot of time, but I already flew five hours to get here. Mm. You're late picking me up. Then you pick me up in a car with a baby in the back seat Mm -hmm. screaming. (laughs) All of this stuff has happened in my life, Mm. you know, with not enough space to even put my guitar in the car. Oh, so that makes sense why why people ask for a specific type of vehicle with a specific, you know, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so that makes sense. You know, or I get somewhere and there's literally nothing to eat. Or for me, I have a specific diet, so I'm a pescatarian. I haven't eaten all day. I've been traveling for 10 hours. I get there. And all you have are ribs and stuff that I can't eat (laughs) to take ibuprofen so that my voice that's sore from singing for the past nine days can, you know, serve you guys today. So it's all of those things. So for the guys who ask for this stuff, they some of them are just clowns, but a lot of them, majority of them, it's just, it's beyond luxury. 
And this this ain't a luxury for me. This is like I'm just trying to function. Right. Like I'm literally showing up here and I want to function. <laughs> and so just not having things prepared limits really my ability because of the pace. Not because if I'm coming in like the average Joe and I'm on, you know, 30 days of having slept in my bed and I show up. Oh, I'm fresh, bro. I don't need nothing from uh-huh. you. I'm good. You're right. I can stop at McDonald's on my way in. Right. But that ain't the case. I haven't been home in two weeks. I haven't seen my family in two weeks. And I'm sleeping. And I slept last night sitting straight up on a plane. Mm. So, you know. Just to get you to the baseline. I'm literally just trying to function. Yeah. I'm trying to maintain, bro. Yeah. You know? That's a really good. So it's, I just wanted to offer that. You know, a lot of people don't have. It's hard to even. You know, I'm not trying to get anybody to, you know, feel sorry for anybody. But I just think a wider perspective of, man, this is real life for us, you know, and our lives just look different. Yeah, you know? that's a, that's an incredibly helpful perspective because, I mean, you, all of us kind of random average people have no vision into the that kind of perspective. So like on the outside, yeah, the writer contract seems like, dude, you need to relax. But from your perspective, like just for you to show up and operate at your baseline level to be on after having traveled and being in a new podunk city, like it's, yeah, that makes sense. Like, and even like, like for a normal person's perspective, like just being able to wake up and have a cup of coffee to try to be able to think straight is, doesn't (laughs) mess with anybody's mind. But like when you're traveling 200 days a year, like at a certain point, Without those things, you aren't able to be on. And if you show up and you're not on, people are going to think you're a dick for being like having a bad attitude. Or- exactly. They're like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm literally, I have to take a five hour energy drink before I get on anybody's stage. Wow. Just to function. Yeah. And then you come down literally, from that. Today. Yeah. You come down from that and then you start traveling and do it all over again. Times 90 times 200 travel days. Dude. Yeah. Times times forty Sundays in my pulpit. Times three. Yeah, three services a Sunday. And you got to stay married. And I got to stay married. And I need my kids not to hate God because God took their daddy from yeah, them. Man, I mean that's I mean that's a word right there, man. And that that's why I wanted to talk to you because I, I, you know, all the conjecture and all the kind of assumptions can kind of uh, skew all of our worldviews. So it's helpful to hear that kind of stuff. Um, I don't, I don't want to take a, a ton more of your time, but I do want to ask about like the preachers and sneakers thing specifically, because you have a very unique perspective. One, having a sneaker vice like I do, but also, I mean, your homies, like you said, with a lot of the guys that I've, I've posted about. Um, and I, and I bought, and I bought a ton of their <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's also the, uh, literally, that's also the goal of, of trying yeah, to get you I, on. I, is it's to, literally a few people you posted. It's a few people you posted. I literally purchased their shoes for. Well, them. I'm just trying to so get, I'm trying to get on that gift short list, hopefully for next year. So I was trying to be sweet to you on the podcast instead of grilling you. Uh, but yeah, like, could you, could you maybe provide some commentary on that? Like I know your, your boys with John Gray and he's got, you know, he's got all the, Maybe you bought those Air Yeezys for him and stuff. Um, can you talk about that and kind of what your perspective on it is? Like over the past nine f- months, I've developed somewhat of a more thick skin. So like would love to hear the kind of yeah. critiques or criticism because you're basically the guy. Well, I, think, I think for most of them, yeah. I think for most of them, honestly, they 
they laugh about it and you know it, it's it's free publicity yeah really right some of these guys you never heard of until they're on your page uh-huh. so some public you know bad publicity is better than no publicity so <laughs> that's the first thing yeah, yeah. I, I think most of the guys don't even care they, they get a kick out that's of good it. i've been in green rooms and it's like something that they've laughed about and we just pull up and laugh about good it. um because that was the goal from I the mean, beginning some of the other guys yeah yeah i think you know, I, I, so from jump, I thought it was hilarious. You know, um, but I, I mean, another another major thing just to know is that just like you know, I was saying, um, some of these guys, you know, for example, John Gray, who's a very good friend of mine, uh, you know, he's the personal pastor for Kevin Durant, yeah, <laughs> Steph Curry, Justin Bieber. You know, like, literally, I've been with him, and these guys have called him or texted him. Yeah. Literally. Like, we were chilling in a service. He came to support me one night in Houston. It's the day after the finals. It's the day after Steph lost the finals. And he shows me his phone. And him and Steph were texting back in church. I'm like, what the, what in the world? That's bananas. You know what I'm saying? So, it's bananas, bro. So, I mean, you got, I mean, he literally, is the, they call him when they get injured. You know, he's with Kevin Durant. When Kevin Durant got injured, mm. praying for him in the back in the locker room, mm-hmm. it's his, it's Kevin's mom, his agent, and John Gray. So you know when when you start understanding some of the people they run with, I'm talking about getting free facials, bro. I ain't talking about like <laughs> multi millionaires tithing to me personally. Right. <laughs> you know, not to my church, not to nothing. They writing me a check saying you provide counsel for me. All right, here's my write-off for the end of the year. Here you go, bro. Here's 1.5 just because I just got a bonus. And I feel like I need to support you. So when you get to that league, I ain't there yet. Yeah, Man, me either. What, what's a pair of shoes, bro? What, right. $2,500 shoes? You kidding me? <laughs> I, I pastor the guy who has an endorsement by this. Yeah. Like Kanye sent me these shoes himself and told me he wanted me to wear them. Mm. You know, I mean, when you get to that level, you know, so these guys ain't taking a measly check from their churches to to get on goat or, or right right you know, or on sneakers uh, app yeah oh you know, uh, you know stock to buy some shoes bro they they it's a different league man I think yeah, it's I hard was with John Gray one time go ahead I was just I was with him one time in Houston hanging and it was like yeah this Bentley right here an old lady at Joe Osteen Church walked up to me. And said, I just want you to have Shut this. up. I don't want it anymore. A millionaire. I don't want this car anymore. And you preached so good for me last Wednesday. Oh my God. I feel like you should have this. Here are the keys. And it's and it's paid for. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I you know, our minds can't. No, I can't. Like I'm trying to process what you're saying, and I have no concept of, of that. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's coming up to oh, me like, "Hey, man, bro. your Instagram account is so dope." Here are the keys to this new range, bro. bro Let me bless you. A Bentley, bro. <laughs> a old white lady comes up to him and say, "You preached so good last Wednesday. Here are the keys to my Bentley." Jeez. <laughs> it it would be like knowing the person I am though, like it would be hard for me to keep that in perspective. Like I if if people yeah. started coming up to me gifting me with that kind of stuff, that would go straight up to my head. I mean, my wife is already sick of my <laughs> ego from just having a few Instagram followers. I can't fathom 
Like, how do you, yeah, like, man. I mean, you live this too. Like, how, is that a, like, do you have to confess uh, not, that? Not at that level. Not at that level. Not no, no, no. But like, do you. I just have friends. And so I know stories, you know, and it gives me a different perspective. Um, but nah, I, I ain't nobody gave me a Bentley before, but I get really good deals on my cars though. Just because the guy who, you know, the biggest dealer in the, in America, you know, his son-in-law is my homeboy. Dang. So, you know, it's like, what car do you want, man? Come up. It's ready for you. Custom. That's bananas. You know, I mean, I still have to pay for it. Yeah. But my payments are way cheaper than anyone else. And I get a bunch of perks, you know? So, but ain't nobody came and gave me keys yet. I'm still waiting on that. <laughs> For sure. Speaking of, was that your Grand Torino <laughs> that was in that video? Uh, which music video? No, no, no. That no, car no. was dope. It was an older lady. Her, uh, yeah, her husband died. It was a woman that Blair and Norman, they found her in Charlotte. So, oh, okay. Yeah. And she was gracious enough to let I remember seeing it. that car. I was like, dang, that, that car is sweet. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, that, that's a super helpful, helpful perspective, Travis. I, I'll uh, let you go here in a minute. Uh, what a lot of people know who you are already, but how can people find you online and what kind of projects are you working on that you, uh, want to pub to my, you know, 120 listeners? Yeah. I mean, we're, uh, we're doing, uh, we're now finishing a, um, a, a docu, um, that we've been shooting now for a few years. Um, and so I'm excited about that. Uh, we're, we're talking with a few different outlets, um, about doing an exclusive with someone so um hmm. more news i don't want to i want to name any of the the outlets sure. but they're you know um it'll, it'll be it'll be significant and so we're looking to wrap that up in the first quarter um and, and have that out so i'm really pumped about that um in addition um you know we just finished the project broken record um i'm, I'm taking a little while off um of the road just to focus on church and family and then i'll be touring uh this fall uh, and so it's just, you know, there's always something going on and, uh, I, I'm having a, I'm having a blast. That's awesome. That. Well, Travis, I, I appreciate you making the time. It's not lost on me that you have a ton of stuff going on and you're trying to lead a family, trying to lead a church, trying to continue to make music. So, uh, I'm very grateful that you spent the time and that you were honest about, you know, some of these kind of finance money touring issues, um, and being gracious to my questions in all of their uh, unprofessional quality. So um, <laughs> I, I wish you nothing but the best and continued uh, success. And once I come to South Carolina, I would love to go get some shrimp and grits with you and maybe raid your basement if you're for open sure. to it. For sure. That would be so fun. <laughs> all right, Travis. Well, thanks for the time. And uh, I will give you a shout later on. Sounds good, man. All right. Big shouts out to my homie Zane Callister for producing this week's episode. Not only that, but he also provided the intro and ad music from his band Utah. You can check them out on Spotify as well as Instagram at Made by Utah. If you haven't by this point, shame on you, but please make sure that you subscribe and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want additional access, additional merch, additional content from Preachers and Sneakers, Check us out on patreon.com slash preachers and sneakers.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.